Blog Talk Radio. Afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Armor Report. This is a show about stock market investing in what I call the millennial age. Anything after 2008, the world has changed dramatically. This is not your dad's stock market, certainly not your granddad's. Information comes at you from every angle, multiple times a day. A lot of the times it's fake information. And in the stock market, many times it's designed for algorithms to take advantage of your emotions of fear and greed. And so unless you put algorithms on your side, unless you've got them in your quiver to help you manage risk, you're going to get fleeced left and right on a short-term, intermediate-term basis. And it may even interrupt your longer-term investment goals. So what we do on our trading desk and our, our investing portfolios, let me reiterate, all the information I share with you, I'm using to manage my own personal capital and that of individual investors that we work with. All of our assets are managed through our affiliation with interactive brokers. Um, the way I build portfolios for myself, for my clients, is that we use fundamental analysis. We do research of companies. We talk to management teams. We gather information and then we use our algorithms to execute accordingly and manage the risk. And so that's what the show's all about, trying to share with you that experience so you can get more comfortable with the use of algorithms, the, the, the terms of risk management. And at the same time, I'm going to share with you occasionally nuggets of fundamental information about companies or themes that we have an interest in on our uh, trading desk and in our portfolios. Of course, I'm looking all around me because I've got screens all around me and I'm managing capital as I speak. So um, markets open. I've got trades on. I'm doing business and I'm sharing a half an hour with you. Um, thank you for being here. It really helps me. One reason I do this is that it keeps me honest and makes sure I execute correctly if I'm sharing these thoughts with you. You can always follow what we're doing on a more granular level by going to our website, RosenthalCapital.com. You'll see two panels on our front home page. You'll see our risk on, risk off monitor telling you how much risk we're carrying and uh, where we're focusing our risk. And then we have our uh, three model portfolios at Interactive Brokers that clients link to, conservative, balanced, and aggressive. And you can see how we um, uh, manage the assets in a broad Broadway. I don't list stocks that we own, but I talk about the groups, talk about long or short cash positions, that type of thing. So without further ado, I'd like to start the show off by talking about what our algorithms are saying. We have proprietary algorithms written for the volatility of the major indexes, and we use that, that um, basket of algorithms, excuse me, as a guide to manage our risk. So if we're risk off or risk on, that is not a uh, recommendation for you to go get 100% long or 100% short. The, the, and that's not how we use it either. The idea is if, you know, when all of our algorithms line up correctly and we get a risk on signal, then we will have our maximum exposure to equities, whatever that is. And it's different for conservative, balanced, and aggressive accounts. And I'm sure it's different for you. I don't know you, so I don't know what type of risk you're willing to take and what you're not willing to take. This is not a recommendation for you. This is just a guide about how we use algorithms to drive our risk management process. 
So you'll see right now we've been risk off and we've been in that position since the end of September last year. It's the reason why we outperformed every index last year. It's also the reason why we're underperforming indexes so far this year. But that's okay. This is a, this is a long distance marathon race investing. It's not about a short sprint. We're not going to get every single month um, uh, right, as it were. I'm not competing against the S&P in the month of January. I'm looking to build portfolios and manage risk over a one to three to five to 10 year period. You know, uh, one of my favorite um, hedge fund managers, uh, sadly, no longer in business. He was brilliant. And then, you know, um, like so many brilliant fund managers, the world changed in 2008. Central banks started controlling everything. And anybody with a brain who was thinking about managing risk underperformed. But he did always say that um, God, it just flew right out of my head. There's so many things going on, guys. Sorry, sometimes it happens to me. I'll come back to it. Um, question of risk management. Oh, he always talked about performance. And his idea about performance was, I don't know what my performance will be versus the market. There's like an envelope with the performance in it. And I'm going to open that envelope up, up five or 10 years from now and see how I've done. Now that's what he used to always say. He's no longer in business. Okay. So um, a lot of investors, you know, don't care about that type of longer term planning. Um, what we try to do in our desk is combine the two. I want to outperform on a short-term basis, and I want to do it on a longer-term basis. Um, so let's get to the show. We're going to go over these top four or five indexes we use to tell us our direction. And then I'm going to go into a discussion about, um, you know, our favorite group to own right now. Our investing theme we think is most important is the cannabis group, marijuana, hemp, all of these um, this new cash crop, if you will, new, old, old cash crop has become new again. We're at, we're at really the cusp of an investing super cycle. And we spent time talking with the management um, of a private company looking to um, get into this space. And it, it just, there's some real nuggets of information that come out of that meeting I'm going to share with you. So step one, what are the indexes telling us about managing our risk? We are at, without a doubt, a major turning point in the market. So if you look at our risk, real-time risk on, risk off monitor, we're in a mild risk position. We don't have any big index positions. We focus on our favorite groups, cannabis, precious metals, energy. And then we have a handful of our whiteboard names, our favorite investments. I'll just throw out a name. You already know one of our, in fact, our biggest investment is iRobot. We've had a huge run in that stock in the last month. But we also own shares of things like Microsoft. Okay? So um, we will get some exposure. Obviously, Microsoft is market exposure. We just think that we like that play, so we're always using Microsoft as a proxy for the whole index. That's just one example. Um, and we've built up some exposure that pays us a nice fat dividend. So some things like AT&T and Verizon, some IBM, things like that. Big fat dividend yields. Prices have sold off significantly, gave us the right risk on entry point. 
we collect the dividends and we see if we can't um, have our principal increase over time. We are at a serious, you know, moment, I think, in this market for the year. I'll be honest with you. I am shocked with the resiliency of the market to date. I'm shocked. On the one hand, I'm shocked. Huge moves, January and February. But when you look at the bigger picture, October, November, December, January, and February, over the five months, what you've got is massive volatility in a range. You have the bottom of the range. Now we're closer to the top of the range. And the market's going nowhere. You could argue that that's major distribution. I see pundits on CNBC and the like try to explain why the market collapsed in December. That had to do with the Fed. They're too aggressive. And now the market's skyrocketing because the Fed's no longer aggressive. Um, that may or may not be the reasons for these market moves. We might not know until years from now what really was going on. I find it hard to believe that the Fed was that negative in December and now they're that positive in January and that's why the markets have rebounded. It just doesn't just doesn't sound right to me. I don't think that's really the reason. I think we overshot to the downside and the market has wild volatility and it tends to, to when it overshoots one direction, it overshoots in the other direction. I, I don't think there's any other thing more involved than that. So here we are at the top of the range and I call it a major juncture because if the market can break out to new highs, then there's something else afoot. And it has nothing to do with whether or not the Fed says, we're going to tighten, we're not going to tighten, we're going to tighten, we're not going to tighten. It's got to do with other things that we'll find out later. But if the market stops right here, which is right at the previous highs of October and November, so the market's gone, collapsed in December, now it's back to the highs of October and November. So it really hasn't done much. And if it rolls over from here and breaks back down, then I would submit to you, since the highs of September, we are in a downtrend with wild volatility. And this is the main reason why we continue to preach caution. We continue to carry cash in portfolios. And in some of our aggressive portfolios, we're constantly out there looking to put a short position on to hedge our other, our other exposure. Truth be told, that's cost us some money in the last month and a half. Not, I mean, we haven't been shorting the whole month and a half, but in the last couple of weeks, we've gotten in, taken a loss on the short, market's gone up, we've put a short back on, mar market's gone up, very tight stops on our shorts as we look for the right entry point. So that when it does roll over and break back down, we've got our short position on, we're able to make some money short as we're lifting long positions out of the portfolio and booking profits. All right, so I hope that's helpful. I mean, this is a bit of a confounding time for the market to be so aggressively negative in December and to completely wipe that out in the first two months of the new year without any backing and filling, no um, consolidation, no test, no nothing is a very bizarre market environment. 
and one that's carrying a lot of risk. And so on our trading desk, we think it's very important to manage the risk, not to get carried away with the performance. I know financial networks love to tell you how much the market's up this year and, oh, my God, it's going to be a huge year and you're missing it. Okay, you're not missing it. Just relax. These same pundits were bleeding in the streets in December, crying their eyes out, how much money they were losing. And, oh, my God, the world's coming to an end. Right? And those same guys now are talking about how great things are. So they don't really know what they're talking about. And don't let that cloud your judgment. Manage your risk correctly. Be patient. The market will give opportunities. And we'll be there for them, and I'll share with you information when we're doing it. Okay. Let's move on to the part of the uh, show that I know you're all waiting for. The cannabis story. Please go to our – if you're watching this YouTube video, great. Thanks. There's a playlist we've created for you with all of our cannabis um, um, videos, and it would behoove you to go watch each one so you know what we feel about the investing super cycle that we're at the very beginning of. And so what we constantly do is research and work to prove that theory or disprove the theory. I mean, it, it, as, as the um, CFO of... Um, Canopy said recently when he first took his job with the company, it was five years ago, he said it felt like he was taking a job at Seagram's in 1933. I mean, literally. We're at the phase where a, a major cash crop, which is illegal, is becoming legal. There's going to be a lot of companies that go bankrupt because they their business plans are no good. There's going to be a lot of snake oil salesmen that try to get you to raise capital to do something crazy and you know with a small opportunity of success. And then there's going to be those companies that are building intellectual property, building brands, and dominate a new consumer product space. And so what we're trying to do on our trading desk and our investment portfolios is build portfolios of equity investments that fit that criteria. Companies that we think could be here for the long haul and create real value for shareholders. Let's don't bury the lead. Today, Canopy, which without a doubt is the lead player in the space. Don't let anybody fool you. There's going to be a bunch of analysts coming out with research reports, writing different things about different companies. Um, They all have an ax to grind one place or another. It's best for you to do your own research. Canopy is without a doubt the leader. They have the biggest war chest. They have a major company behind them in Constellation Brands. And every day, Every week, every month, it seems like they advance that leadership position. And today is no different. They announced that Martha Stewart is joining them to build out their hemp empire. Not cannabis, not marijuana, not not medical marijuana, not recreational marijuana in Canada, which is their, you know, what's that, like 90% of their business. But 
with the passing of the Farm Bill last year, and this is the piece of information I think that was most important from our recent meetings one-on-one with the CEO of a private company in the hemp business. There is a massive land grab on right now to grow hemp in the U.S. That's the first place that companies are going to make a lot of money in the U.S. when it comes to this crop. We're all focused on the state's act and legislation that's going through Congress trying to legalize marijuana. And that's great. Nothing wrong with focusing there. It's a big thing. But of course, we have no idea when you put politicians into the mix when anything, if anything, will ever get done. Obviously, I believe it will because I think you follow the money. And when you see massive tax revenue coming in through Colorado, every state wants a piece of that, and so does the federal government. So eventually we're going to get legislation. But between now and then, after our meeting with the CEO, and by the way, this is a private company. So I'm not talking about investing in the private company. I'm gleaning information from this meeting. And when we take this information and we look at what Canopy's doing, and we realize a picture that's, that's developing, and I think that the first, um, maybe first is the wrong word, but a major focus for investment portfolios here in the U.S. has to be on the hemp CBD market. Look, Canterbury already told you they're looking to invest millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars in New York hemp growing facilities. And they just teamed up today with Martha Stewart to help them create CBD products, which is consumer packaged products, for the market. It's a huge business opportunity. And there's a land grab on to find organic land where you can grow hemp and create, and then, of course, extract the CBD and, and repackage it. So there's going to be growers who are literally locking up deals with farmers to grow hemp. And then there's going to be guys who take that bulk product and extract CBD isolate. And then there's going to be guys that take that isolate, repackage it, have some kind of intellectual property around what they're doing and sell it as a consumer package product. Okay. And so there's two separate things going on here. In this, and this is why I call our blog post. If you go to the website Rosenthal Capital, so we have a blog post. And I call it cannabis, hemp, marijuana. I mean, it's the whole thing. It's not just one thing. There's two different crops: a hemp crop, cannabis crop. They do different things. They're affecting different people, different companies in different ways. And so what you want to do as an investor, what I'm, guess what I'm sharing with you today after this meeting that we had with management of this private company is that there is a real shortage of hemp on the market today. There is a massive demand for CBD products. There is a serious demand for the ability to process. There's a bottleneck, right? You can grow all the hemp you want, but you have to be able to suck out the isolate. 
and turn it into a product. So there's processing plants. So every piece of the puzzle, there is a major shortage right now. I just read a story today. This is not exactly the same, but um, an interesting piece about California and how they've completely screwed up the legal uh, marijuana market. And they're about to run out of legal marijuana sometime in the middle of the summer. Only California could screw up a cash crop like this. It's incredible. They slapped huge amounts of taxes, way too much, totally ruining the business, creating a huge black market. And this is what socialists don't understand. They give you static opinions of a market, and they don't understand the market's dynamic. You know, the market's like a balloon. If you squeeze too hard on one part of the balloon, it pops out somewhere else. So if you're squeezing, for every $100 of marijuana that's sold, you're taking $40 in taxes, then obviously, I mean, anybody with a half-size pea brain will figure out that the black market will thrive. I don't understand socialists. I don't understand how they don't get it. It repeats itself over and over again. Well, I digress. California is full of a bunch of idiots. Okay. Um, my point is, in your investing process, as you look at marijuana companies and medical marijuana and, and um, recreational use and the legal battles, don't forget and this is the nugget I want to share with you. Don't forget the unbelievable opportunity unfolding in hemp slash CBD businesses. The farm bill was passed. It's wide open now. There's a land grab on. You can see it. I mean, I'm talking to this management team, and they're private, and they're telling me what they're trying to do. You can see that Canopy's doing it. They're investing millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, in hemp growing in New York. So make sure that you do your homework and that you allocate some of your portfolio investing to the hemp business, to the CBD business. That's what we're trying to do on our desk. We're trying to get a full picture of this investing opportunity and we're owning a piece of everything. We don't fall in love with any one company. We use our algorithms to help us manage our risk. We're buying individual companies that we're doing research on, and then we'll use the ETF MJ as a way to hedge that risk. As an aside, let me just share with you on MJ for a minute. About 10% plus of that ETF's performance is based on two biotech companies. Now, this week, that's an okay thing because GW Pharmaceuticals is one of them. They had a huge earnings announcement. The stock went through the roof. Then there's another company. You can go look it up yourself. But that's a lot of exposure to, to biotech type of companies. This other biotech company is making a synthetic CBD. That's not really what I want to invest in. So just be advised when you're investing in exchange traded funds, they do change the construction of those funds over time and you've got to stay in touch with what is actually in the ETF. You can go to etf.com to do that. Type in MJ. It'll show you every stock that's in MJ and at what percentages. So you really know what you own. 
So what we're doing is building our own portfolio of our favorite hemp names, favorite marijuana names, pot stocks, whatever you want to call them. And then we use MJ. Now, look, sometimes I'm long MJ. But other times I'm going to use it to hedge. I might short MJ and be long my, my basket. So that's how we use that ETF. All right, guys, I hope that was helpful. To wrap up, I'll make a couple of points. We are still cautious on the market. We are long. We do have investments. We are making some money. We're not looking to outperform right now on the upside because we do believe we're at a major juncture in the market and risks are high. And the other piece of information that I'm sharing with you after our meetings is that hemp and CBD may be the first place that we see a lot of profits coming in in the U.S., not Canada, but in the U.S. So while we're waiting for U.S. legalization of marijuana, we can focus on some of the developments in the hemp business now that the farm bill has been passed. Do your homework, guys. All right. Have a great day uh, trading out there, investing, be smart, be patient, right? We want to try to buy weakness and we want to sell into strength. Okay. Take care, guys. See you tomorrow.